0: What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into the fifth edition of the Dontavian Wicks fan club meeting. Our agenda today is as follows. We're mostly just going to be talking about Dontavian Wicks. I am joined once again by the one and only Justice Mosqueda. You can follow him on Twitter or X at J U M O S Q. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast here at Packaday Podcast. You can follow, of course, Acme Packing Company as well. Make sure to check out all the amazing work they are doing over at acmepackingcompany.com. Justice, how the heck are
1: you doing? I've been better. I I watch a pretty bad football team. Haven't watched the uh, defensive all twenty two, but watched the offense today. Um, bad bad way to start Monday. We should have uh, we should have done this ahead, like taking
0: notes ahead of time and talked ahead of time so that one of us could have watched the defense and one of us could have watched the offense and then compared notes live rather than both of us having watched the <laughs> offense up until this point. But uh, no, it was not a great all twenty two viewing of the offense. It's really funny. I think you, me, and Ben Fennel all came to almost the exact same conclusion after watching the tape. I saw Ben tweeted earlier, and I'm like, man, I'm going to watch this through, and I'm not sure I'm going to end up agreeing with Ben. And then, of course, I end up fully agreeing with Ben. And I think you tweeted something about it as well. He said it was like a Russian roulette wheel of like the offensive tape overall wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be. It was just a random new player. Every single play that you didn't know who was who you know what which spin was gonna be this time of like, oh oh we landed at Elton Jenkins. He's gonna screw something up this play. And then the next one's like, oh, they threw a really nice 50-50 ball to Romeo Dobbs, but he doesn't decide to go up and get the ball. And it's like, oh, Christian Watson came wide open, but Jordan Love late to seeing him and then underthrows it, and then Watson gets hurt. It's like a new, like just totally new thing to screw something up on every play. And then I think you had tweeted something almost the exact same thing of like. It's, it's a new player on every single play and you just don't know what it's going to be. And that was my exact takeaway as well of like, as a whole, you watch it and like every single player, it, it's not like the same player making the same mistake over and over. It's just a new way. It's like the the Taco Bell of like, they have the same seven ingredients and they just make the same thing over and over. This is like the same 11 guys. It's a different mistake every single time, but you end up with the same sort of result and it's just a mess.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of it too was stuff up front and Sometimes yeah. in the passing game, but particularly yeah. in the run game, I mean, if you're talking about assignment football, like, if someone's in the backfield on a run play, it's it's dead. It's dead on yeah. arrival. Like, we, I remember when we worked, I mean, this is maybe a dumb little tangent, but the, the way that we ended up figuring out how to kind of measure, like, running back value is you have to kind of take away TFLs because TFLs are really – you know, a defensive line or a offensive line, defensive line stat. And then from there, you can kind of look at, you know, what's their yards per carry on positive plays. And that's yeah. kind of reflective of like what running backs are able to give you. There's so many TFLs in that game or times that running backs were hit in the backfield um, just because of bad assignments. I mean, it, whether it's, you know, a scoop block, they did run more a little bit more stretch than I had thought um, after watching it live on Sunday, you know, watching it today in the morning. Um but there's a lot of mistakes, and a lot of these guys aren't young. I mean, you you mentioned it off the top, you know, on Jenkins, like he's not had a, a a great stretch here either. Um, it's it's, it's everyone really up front. So I don't know what you do. Um, I, I don't know if like Walker is going to become the new pinata that like all Packers fans are just like, hey, he he needs to be. I mean, he is a second year. I mean, he's probably like 22 right now, right? He's a six round pick. Like I don't know. Yeah. What you expected out of him, um, Myers is still not consistent. Um, do you want to add Nyman into the mix? I don't know, but like now, now is a time, right, where it's like, okay, Buckus, see if Buckus can coach, right? Because um, it doesn't sound like. I know everyone looks at Stenovich and they're like, you know, you were an off, or you were an offensive line coach, you moved to offensive coordinator, but you're not playing, calling plays, so you obviously must be working with the offensive line. From the way that he's talked about it in interviews. It doesn't really seem like that's it, – it doesn't seem like he's senior offensive line coach. It's, you know, he's helping Lafleur game plan and, and get some of these things done during the week, and it doesn't seem like during practice he's necessarily working on technique with these guys. So it's time to figure out what kiss can get out of these dudes because they've been real iffy up front. And I'm, I'm not as concerned about the skill players, honestly. Like A.J. Dillon – is playing better than he has, you know, in the first half of the first half of the season that we've played the first quarter, I guess I should say. Yep. Um, the wide receivers, when they're not messing up routes are fine. Like they're just not the ball winners that the Packers seem to think that they are. Um, yeah. Defenders get paid too. So I'm more worried about the offensive line coming out of this one. Cause I think it's what three straight games now of them pretty much getting a blue raid and, The Denver Broncos weren't known for having a very talented defensive line. Um, You know, uh, we made a star out of John Kaminsky, right, when we played the Lions. The Falcons guys made some plays. Um, The Raiders had one guy that we had to worry about, and they were still able to kind of win the game at the line of scrimmage. So the number one thing moving forward for me is, like, not even continuity. Like, it does. I don't care who's out there. Like, if Nyman needs to be out there, play Nyman. I don't, I don't care. Win some football yeah. games. Like, we got to get an answer on love and stuff like this. And we got to get some of these wide receivers some developmental reps. And that's not going to happen if, if you know, they can't get a clean ball. We just need, like, one of these offensive linemen not to, you know, bleep the bed every single play. And it, it really is that. I mean, I I know that sounds frustrating that, you know, a guy will play, four good plays out of every five, but if a different guy is messing up every single play, like they're going to punt every drive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has been, there's, there's so much I want to go over based on what you just said, but it's been really hard to watch because of that. And it a million percent starts up front and it's just been such a disappointing overall performance from the offensive line. I'm um, really quick. Rasheed Walker's 23 turns 24 in February, but still your point stands, obviously. Um, I, I kind of said last week, I I did a quick episode on like 12 things, like quick fixes for the Packers. For me, or at this point, like it's not like any of your offense is working. Whatever Adam Stenovich is bringing to your game planning, it's not like it's going that great anyway. If he's the one that's responsible for your initial like plays that are going to work through, like you haven't scored points in the first half anyway, and you can't block up front. That my like Stenovich is going full time in the offensive line room. He can keep his title, he can keep his pay. I don't care. Like, that's fine but he's going back full-time in the offensive line. Does that fix anything? No freaking clue. No idea. Maybe he's been spending time there already, but like you said, it doesn't necessarily seem like that's the case. And I think the offensive line is, is issue 1A, and that's got to get addressed by, I think, our the, like the smartest person in the building from an offensive line standpoint, which I would think is probably Adam Stenovich. I, That's That's number one. And then number two is... if if like you need to fill some of that stuff from Stanovich, like I'm looking at Jason Rabel as like your passing game coordinator. Can he step up? I'm even open to the point of like, do you want to have maybe Jason Rabel call some plays or like, just to like let Matt focus more on the everything else that's going wrong at the moment. Because again, it's not like Matt calling the plays has been super, you know, like everything's been working out anyway. Let's just try to do some things that are maybe going to put people in positions to succeed. Matt focusing more on, the overall, just team holistically, Vrabel maybe focusing on calling plays and a little bit more game planning, and Senevich in the offensive line room, just something. I'm I'm open. I'm open to suggestions and ideas at this point, and I'm ready to throw crap at the wall and see what sticks. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know where else I want to go with that, but I think there's maybe some things that you can do internally to try to specialize stuff a little bit more, and maybe get you know players and coaches just a little bit more aligned on
1: the same page. So, from what I understand, and you would know better than me, um, Matt's in on the meetings already with quarterbacks, every single meeting that they have, right? So, yep. I personally, I don't know if I like taking away play calling duties away from him, um, especially if he's, you know, focusing on the offense, right? It's not like he needs to go fix the defense or the special teams and spend more time there. It's like he's already working on the specialty. Plus, like, we kind of hired LeFleur to be a play caller. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's probably his best thing. So, I don't know if... You want to move him from there. Vrabel is an interesting guy, uh, interesting name to bring up because I, I know they've uh, played around with giving those guys play calling duties in the preseason and stuff like that, just so that they have experience. I know you know Getsy and Hackett and stuff got those opportunities too. Because um, yeah, I mean, there's been people who have said, you know, Stenovic, how about we give Stenovic play calling duties? Also, he needs to go work with the offensive line. It's like, well, whoa, 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 Everything. we each only have 24 hours in a day, guys. Like mm-hmm. that's that take that's going to take way too much time. Out of him, um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but we're gonna figure yeah. out pretty quickly if uh Butkis can coach up these offensive line um guys to be a little bit more consistent or what. Um thought it was interesting, you know. Nyman was the guy off the bench. I thought at, at first, when they were having uh Tom snap the ball, he was lining up right next to him. I was like, is he coming in at guard? Is he coming in at left guard? I don't like is Elton gonna move to t- are we reshuffling four offensive linemen to play Tom at, at center. I was happy that didn't happen. Um, yeah, I agree. Thankfully, Myers is, you know, healthy enough to finish up the game and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Uh, be be better. Be more consistent. I mean, it's, it's a young team and, like, maybe they, need, they do need to take their lumps, but, like, the repeated mistakes is really what kills you, right? Like, uh, that wrong route that Christian Watson had, right? On the right sideline on the stick route. It's the same play that uh Luke Musgrave got yelled at by Matt LaFleur in the Raiders game. Like it's the same thing again. Like how how do we not know the concepts? I, I, I think and I think they tried doing this a little bit. Um the pro the problem was they couldn't keep it simple, but I think they tried to keep it simple. They try to use hurry up in the early game, right? Yep. Um the problem is a lot of it was okay we're running the ball on first down so that we could get the ball moving. You can't play hurry up and throw the ball a whole ton Um, you can if you're like dinking and dunking but you can't assume that especially on the first drive when you don't know what you're going to get it's almost like a scout type of feel if you think about like openers drive openers Um, you want to keep the clock going so you can jump back on the ball and you don't have to sub right and all that stuff so you got to run the ball but the problem is they run the ball and it's just tfl instantly because someone up front messed up the ball or messed up the block and it's like okay well now we're behind the stick so what does hurry up really do for us? I, th- I think getting simple. I mean, doing the things that we've been talking about kind of all year, like the stretch stuff, they tried to do that a little bit more in this game. Um, the stretch boot stuff, uh, love hit one up the left sideline. That was pretty nice. Um, yep. I think it was in the second half um, that, that if they can get the blocking going, like I, I don't have any doubt that with a healthier Aaron Jones down the stretch, like that's going to look a whole lot better for the offense. Yeah. Um, the only problem is you just got to get that consistency first. So, like, what what do you do? How do you how do you plus one the traits of, of these young offensive linemen? Right, um, that's part of the problem right now because every single one of them is is giving up something.
0: Do you? I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, but is do you go with Yash at this point? And is it just a straight left tackle? I mean, they would know better team? than
1: me. I I, I still think yosh has played better ball than what walkers played and not necessarily this season but i'm just saying like the overall picture so i don't know if something happened in the preseason and like yosh for whatever reason like maybe he lost the job of tom and like kind of tuned out or something like that but it doesn't seem like I've, i feel like we would have heard tom being traded if that was the scenario or something like that or you wouldn't see him going full effort on special teams, right? Like when he's doing the kick block stuff. Yash like, being traded, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if if he fell out of favor because of his attitude for not winning the right tackle job, uh, you know, I, I feel like that would have been solved already. But as far as like a pure talent perspective, I still think I still think Yash is probably a better, at least he's a more consistent tackle than what Walker's been. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean... They know better than me. These they see these guys every day. I haven't seen yeah. really, I mean, I know Yash got in a little bit, but outside of that, like we haven't seen anything out of them for two months, right? In the preseason, so.
0: Yeah, so what I would say for it is clearly something was up because Stenovich made those comments about Yash in training camp and then Matt LaFleur came back the next day and was like we really value Yash, and like he went out of his way, yeah. like sort of like cover that up and be like, no, things are things are okay, uh, and everything like that. But you could clearly tell Stenevich had something that was bothering him about what was happening with Yash in some
1: capacity. Yeah. What that is, who knows? I think the when only I player w- that they even did anything close to that for, I guess they did it with two uh, Slayton. They talked him up, and they talked about how Slayton made a big jump in, like, maturity and stuff like that from last year to this year. And then they were like, "Why?" when they asked about Wyatt, they're like, Wyatt's got to be more consistent, right? (laughs) And those are the only players that they really said anything remotely negative about during the entire summer-spring process. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would want to know, like, okay, if your plan is to not use Yash because of, you know, some sort of attitude reason or something like that or him being unhappy about uh being on a one-year deal with the team right when you know tom is locked up so even if he does get playing time it's not going to mean anything because he's going to be a free agent like there's teams that need tackles right like you could probably get i know they they tendered him with a second no one's ever been tendered with a second round restricted free agency offer and then signed with someone else right like no team's actually ever given up that second round pick you could trade him for like a third or fourth. I mean, we're talking about half a season at this point. And if Green Bay is going to be a spender next offseason in free agency, which like they very well might because they're not a very talented team right now, and they're yeah. gonna be at least in a little bit better of a cap situation than they were this offseason. Um, you're not gonna get a compensatory pick at him. Yeah. So, like, what is eight games of Josh Nyman really worth? I guess it's like 10 right now, but um, that's just my line of thought. So I don't know. If you want to play Yash, play Yash. Um, From my perspective, I see a more consistent offensive lineman than some of the guys that we've thrown out there this year. But obviously, they don't seem to share the same mindset. Yeah,
0: I thought during camp, I thought Walker looked better than Yash. I thought during preseason, Walker looked better than Yash. And when Walker got the nod ahead of Yash, I wasn't super surprised by it because I thought Walker really kind of earned it. You watch Walker through however many games he's started now and played in Green Bay, um, compared to what Yash has put on tape in previous seasons as a starter, and Yash's snaps are just better.
1: Like it's not even close. Walker, uh, Walker's pass protection, the first like two or three games was really good. But then yep. he's always been a little shaky as a run blocker, just in terms of like assignment stuff. And they've said as much in pressers. So you don't have to listen to this from me. Um, but the past couple games, it's been it's been rough for Walker. I mean, you You got to at least entertain the idea of it. And I know you don't want to play around with the left tackle position. And, you know, maybe this is an example of why they kept pushing money forward on David Bakhtiari, right? Uh, Finding tackles isn't as easy as Packers fans think it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the spot we're in. We got to get the offensive line situation figured out. Those guys got to play more consistently. That's it.
0: Big time. I couldn't agree more. And I I think that is where the, the vast majority of the issues are on offense right now. Clearly, everyone's not very happy. Everyone's frustrated, Justice, with what's kind of going on. Everyone seems to have their own take of who should be held accountable at this time. We've got a lot of Fire LeFleur, a lot of Fire Berries, a lot of Fire goodies, a lot of it's time for Sean Cliffords, uh, maybe a little bit fewer of those than maybe the other ones. But there's some of that out there. So on your scale of accountability, where are you kind of at right now with Maybe just whether it's player, coach, GM, front office, wherever you want to go with it, what's what's maybe one A or one B, one C, whatever on your list of who needs to be held accountable right
1: now? Um uh the big, I guess like the linchpin question, right? Is the talent on the roster situation? How much of the benefit of the doubt does Goot get? for the fact that they have a $40 million offense right now because they pushed all that money forward and stuff like that. And Bakhtiari is not be, being able to be on the field. If that's not viewed as an issue, and this is just viewed as uh part of the like return to normalcy, I guess is, yep. is a way to put it um, from the, you know, the COVID year and the all in seasons under Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that, um, if that's not viewed as a problem then you have to start with matt Lafleur, right because you're talking about the guy who's the head coach and he's the offensive play caller right i mean at the end of the day that you know what what happens on the field falls on him um from the, from that perspective right so i talked to some people um over the past week who are familiar with the head coaching market in the nfl um some of them are you know working representation and stuff like that something that i talked about with uh, evan Tex western at our podcast at apc after the game Um, This was obviously, you know, before the loss. I don't have guys on retainer that are going to talk to me that that quick of a turnaround. But I just wanted to know kind of like during that bye week, like who, you know, what teams in the NFL are looking for coaches? Like who are the names that are being buzzed around? What do you think about the Green Bay situation? And the way that people think about Green Bay is like they would want to know more questions if a head coaching opening opened up. And a lot of that has to do with like what the internal narrative of the franchise is if Jordan Love does fail, right? And that sounds simple, but, like, um, this could go – they could answer that a bunch of different ways, right? One of them is Matt LaFleur isn't the quarterback that they wanted to develop Jordan Love or that they don't think Jordan Love can thrive under. And, you know, maybe LaFleur was just a guy to get something out of Aaron Rodgers at the tail end of his career, right? That's one yeah. option. Um Another option is that Jordan Love wasn't a good enough quarterback and Goop made that pick, right? So that's would be a pretty tough one just from the entire infrastructure of the team uh, that has been held together. I guess you could say since Ron Wolf, but probably Ted Thompson is probably a, a better um, starting point. Um, and what I mean by that is like the whole draft and develop process like the whole idea of like you take gary you sit him down for a couple years then at the end of his career or end of his rookie deal he's this killer pass rusher right but now we got to pay him does that work does that work i don't i don't know i i can't tell you an answer because i think the packers are having some struggles um from what i understand about getting a price for gary because gary seems like he wants miles garrett money but they're like you're really good Pass rusher who doesn't give us much on rundowns, right? And if you keep taking guys who are hyper athletic but they can only do a couple of things, right? Do you then get log jammed into a situation? And is that kind of what we're facing in Green Bay, where we're looking at a lot of these players and like, ah, oh, he's really good at this, but he's not a complete player because of X and Y. And you have to spend, you know, two years developing these guys anyway. So you're really only getting two years at the end of their rookie deal. Like, is that sustainable, right? And is that something that they'd be willing to change moving forward? Plus, then you throw in the monkey wrench of uh Mark Murphy's retirement, Um, you know, that is going to come at the end of the 2025 NFL draft and all that stuff. Um, Plus the fact that like, OK, it's a two quarterback draft. Well, you might have a high pick. It might not be top two high, but you want to trade up. Uh, Are you willing to trade that draft capital for a quarterback? Oh, you're hosting the 2025 draft. So you don't want to trade that first round pick because you want locals or you know to have a team to root for on that day one and you might say like that is very dumb there's no way teams think like that that's impossible i know for a fact the Kansas City Chiefs were gonna trade their first round pick last year at the trade deadline and it got nixed by the by the owner um because they were hosting the draft in Kansas City that year and that's a team that is competing for a title right in perpetuity so yeah I don't know there's a lot of questions to answer about fault in and sparse fault right um it could fall on love it could fall on goot it could fall on Lafleur. like the way they answer that question is going to be really important because it might shake the boat for kind of what the packers have been doing for the last you know 20 years basically so I, I i think that is a massive question i just don't think that there's an answer right now and i i don't think that they're willing to admit fault yet either um whether, you know, Love turns it around or not moving forward. I mean, today LaFleur said that they're not losing any confidence in the guy. And they're, you know, I think the term he used was their confidence wasn't wavering, right? So we we will see. We'll see how this all turns out. But I don't think anything's going to get better if the offensive line is going to continue to be shaky.
0: Let me start by asking you this. What's the win number for LaFleur this year total where it's at least a conversation of is he back in 2020? Well, oh. Is he back in 2024? And my part two of that question is Is there any scenario in which you could envision him gone during this season?
1: Um, okay. First part uh, the wins I don't think matter as much as the progress of the offense. So I, I know that sounds dumb, no, but not- I, as long as you know, as long as line goes up, you can say like data point year, data point year. So then next year will be you know. Here and we'll be, you know, maybe a wild card team or something like that, right? So, I I think that matters a whole lot more, um, which kind of gets tricky, right? Because like at the end of last season, the Packers' defense was playing really good, right? Yeah. And then we start off again, and it's like, oh, the slow run defense, okay, we can't do anything. Need a couple weeks under our belt. Like that stuff gets tricky. So I don't know how early that cutoff is um, as far as in season. So the Packers don't like firing coaches. Um, like they kept they kept petting from McCarthy to uh LaFleur, for example, right? They don't really spend a whole ton of coaches. It's why they lost out on Rizzy for special teams coordinator when Matt LaFleur wanted to make that hire, and you know, it took them until a playoff collapse on special teams to hire a guy like Pisaccia. Mm-hmm. If you are getting rid of LaFleur in season, um it comes down to one of two options. One, you either want to give Basace a legitimate chance to win himself the good job from the interim coach uh role, or two, you want to get to market and you want to be able to uh the best term here, like maybe recruit. Um yeah. be able to recruit some of uh these agents and kind of pitch them the idea of what a new version of the Green Bay Packers would look like. And that would almost certainly come with changes in how the front office does things. So, that's kind of how I see it, right? Like those are two that's a very pretty big fork in the road moment, right? Um because it would completely change the infrastructure of like what the front office is in Green Bay, which again is very unique in the NFL. Um but if they do do it in season 1, I do think it's on the table if it continues to be really, really, really bad. And the offense doesn't get better under a head coach whose calling card was supposed to be, you know, offense play calling and getting those guys ready. Um, and was a quarterback's coach, frankly, you know, um, had four years with Jordan Love. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that. It, it's one of the two things. It's either Basaccia, is get, they're going to give a legitimate run at Basaccia for the interim job, or they want to get to market early and they want to be able to tell these guys before, I don't know who's, who's going to get fired this year, uh, Chicago, right? Like before Chicago gets to market and you're like, wait, 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 don't take that interview. Um, don't, don't sign on that dotted line, come talk to us. And like, we're going to change this, this, and this, like, look at our new vision. This is going to be a different kind of green Bay Packers team moving forward. But again, those are pretty big calls for Mark Murphy to make on the way out. Yeah. A, a scheduled on the way out. Right. Like that's, it's a pickle. I don't know what the right decision is. So.
0: Uh, personally, I don't see a move getting made in season. I, I mean, if, if they get to week, you know, 15 and they still haven't won a game since like now or since week three, I guess, then yeah, they, there's probably a world in which that exists. I just feel like they'll have them finish out the season and, and move on in the off season. If that's the direction they want to go in uh, to me, I, I do think it probably comes down a little bit more to wins. Cause I feel like optics would play a huge part in this and like they won two of their first three, if they end at like four wins or less on the season, I think it's a very huge conversation going into the off season. If they retain Matt or not, I think one of the really difficult things and why I think that this probably continues through the season is I think everyone involved and especially Mark in this situation is going to want to make sure that they are identifying who is ultimately accountable. Is it, is it good? And the, you know, all the, the draft picks that haven't necessarily amounted to, I think, what a lot of people hoped. And, and like you said, is, is draft and developed dead? And did the, the, the teams that we see succeeding, are they more of like, hey, let's get players who can come in and play right now and all of that? Or is it that, hey, these are really talented players and the coaching staff in Green Bay is not getting out of these players what they should? I kind of agree with you a little bit where I think this coaching staff and specifically Matt his job description on line one, and Mark Murphy said it as soon as he got hired, was to basically fix the quarterback and get him back playing at an MVP level. Mission accomplished. They got two MVPs out of him, and they played at a high level. They win 13 games, three straight seasons. They couldn't you know, cross the finish line, unfortunately. And now you've got an entirely different situation with a ton of youth, a ton of inexperience. And now all of a sudden that first line item on the job description is now all develop, develop, develop. I'm not right. necessarily sure that that's the number one thing on Matt's resume that he would have pointed to and been like, "Look what I can do." I don't think that's necessarily it. So I think they're kind of in a really interesting rock in a hard place situation where you have this team that is full of draft and develop and really needing the develop piece of that right now. I'm not necessarily sure that that's what this coaching staff and 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 coach are necessarily the best at.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, um... I can see your point, for sure. And I think these are all questions that are up in the air right now. And these next couple weeks are going to decide a whole lot. By the way, uh, if anyone is worried about Jim Harbaugh going to the Chicago Bears, you you don't have to worry about that. They are being ran right now by Kevin Warren, who used to be the, uh, what was it, commissioner of the Big Ten. Um, He and Harbaugh did not get along very well. Uh, So I, I don't think you have to worry about Harbaugh ending up in Chicago. So, are you saying Harbaugh is going to be the coach of the Packers? <laughs> I, from what I know about the Green Bay Packers, they're probably not going to be uh, spending that amount of money on a head coach. So we'll see. I, I'd be, yeah, true. I'd be surprised if, whether it's back in Michigan or in the NFL, if Jim Harbaugh is not the highest paid coach in the history of the sport um, by January.
0: So no, so no Jim Harbaugh, no Deion Sanders in Green Bay
1: 2024. Is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, Deion's not having it so hot, is he? My guts no. kind of put him down. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I, I don't I don't know who the names are. I mean, um, Ben Johnson is a guy that's getting a lot of burn right, the offensive coordinator from uh Detroit. Um he's really the only guy that I can think of off the tippy top of my head as far as the coordinators go. Kafka was supposed to be that guy, but the Giants are going through their whole thing right now Um, is someone going to hire Fangio I don't know yeah we've seen that one before so
2: Ah. support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make Yeah, I'm. I'm.
0: I'm not even ready. Yeah, I'm not ready for it yet. It's it, there. Easily could be a day where it's coming where we're talking about potential replacements. But man, am I not? Am I not ready to go there yet? No. To fix the uh, offensive
1: line, so we don't have to have these conversations, please. For the love of God. Huh?
0: Agreed. All right, I. I want to ask you really quick. The, the big question right now, and some are already again, you know, abandoning ship. The Green Bay Packers clearly are not. Hasn't necessarily been trending in the right direction. But where are you at on the Jordan Love meter of confidence right now?
1: Uh I would probably say unlikely but I still want to see it continue. I want to see it through. Um yeah. you look at the options that the Packers have. There are going to be some free agents um moving forward in the quarterback market like Kirk Cousins is going to be available. I don't know. Do you really want to sign Kirk Cousins just for the sake of saying, "Yeah, we added a veteran quarterback." Like I don't I don't think that's the way you want to build long term. Um Agreed. So you have that then you look at uh, I mean, you look at the trade market. I mean, who's even available on the trade? Who who has regret about their quarterback that you actually like want? Like, do you want to have Justin awesome? Fields
0: is what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, like, like something like that. Like, I don't know. You probably don't want to do that either. You look at the draft. To me, from what I've seen and what I've heard, it's really a two-quarterback draft at the top. The Bears might have two shots in it. Um, even if they don't make a quarterback-quarterback pick. like I'm not assuming they're going to do that. But you would think that they would do some gamesmanship to try to make sure the Green Bay Packers don't end up with one of those guys, right? So, yeah. And the Vikings suck, too, by the way. Um Who knows what the Monday night score is going to end up being. So I might have egg on my face to beat the Niners or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough to add another quarterback in order to guarantee Jordan loves some money. So I don't know if there's any good answer at the quarterback position, even in 2024. So you kind of made your bed. Make the best out of it that you can at this point is kind of where where I'm at. So I understand things aren't looking good, but like, okay, maybe let's see if they can get a sturdier offensive line um, just from a coaching perspective. So then, you know, these wide receivers can actually run the right routes every once in a while. Like does that solve some of these things? I don't know.
0: I'm with you. I, I'm willing to give it more time. A because you just don't have a lot of other great options. At yeah, moment. that's
1: the big thing. Is like, dude, if if Caleb Williams or Drake May was just handed to me on a silver platter, I'd say like, okay, like if we're just talking about probabilities, like go with the higher probability of play. I just don't think that there's many high probability plays available. So
0: no, I do think if they get in that, like if they are in the top two somehow and they one of them are available, I, you like, have to.
1: You have to. Yeah.
0: If they're in the top two, then we know, we already know how Jordan, the rest of Jordan season went. It, it didn't go, it didn't go great. Yeah, exactly. you know, So um I think that that probably ends up being a no brainer without that. I think they, they already have him under contract next year. My guess is it's, it's full go on Jordan for another season, whether that's with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach, a new coach, new something with new offensive line and they'll try to redo it. But I would expect as soon as, you know, second, third, fourth round pick. I, w- I would be surprised if they didn't draft another quarterback in the top 150 just as a lottery ticket, just to be like, Hey, you know what? Let's see. And, and just kind of try something. And I'm not saying like, as a starter, I'm just saying like, get somebody in the building and see if something hits. And if it does great, if not, then you probably go to the next draft and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah. And they've done that before. I mean, they've, they didn't draft Huntley to be a future starter. I don't think, you know, in the fourth no. round and stuff like that. And just a lottery. Know, they drafted Brian Braun that first year. With Aaron, right, and all that stuff, like competition's not bad. Um, there are, there are limited snaps and all that stuff, but yeah, you probably don't want to bank on Jordan Love and you know being being one play away from Sean Clifford starting games either. Which, by the way, Sean Clifford looking better and better the more uh, Penn State plays football without him, isn't he? Yeah, they can't throw deep at all. They can't get anything going. It's the same old stuff with Penn State. They lost to Ohio State, huh?
0: sean Clifford time No, I'm just
1: kidding uh but oh i'm yeah. not i'm not calling for that i'm just saying like <laughs> people made it sound like he was the worst quarterback of all time and i'm like I, never he got won that. a bunch of games he won yeah. a bunch of games at Penn State
0: never got that. i'm not saying like i thought he was like a third round pick or something but like the there's no way he should have been drafted i'm like no oh, he, he kind of looks like a you know kind of looks like a six or seventh round pick to me and you took him maybe a little bit earlier I was fine with it all right a couple things before we get you out of here one of our favorite Topics of conversation. This is like a classic Justice Andy topic that I feel like we have to talk about, and that is tanking. Where where do you come down on on tanking? And are you team tank? I know I, I saw the uh, the Green Bay Packer tanks on your
1: timeline on social. Are you are you team tank? And uh, is it time? No. So anything I tweet out during the game cannot be held against against me in the rule of, in the court of law. Um, That's fair. No, I'm. You play to win the game. You play to win the game, and there's no way to do it without blowing up the entire locker room um, at the NFL level. Even the guys who do tank and it like semi works out, right? Like you look at like the Miami dolphins, maybe, but like Flores isn't there. Like no one survives the tank other than the owner. So like, and Mark Murphy is going to be gone in 2025. So like we're doing this for a president slash CEO who is is yet to be named at this point and hoping that he makes the correct hires at at general manager and head coach once you inevitably fire them um for losing all these football games like no you you play to win the games um this is the hand you're dealt it's not the best hand make the best of it so yeah I I first and
0: foremost I'm never in favor of like go out and try to lose games. You always, always, always try to win. I do think there's teams that like things from like a GM standpoint that can maybe, you know, make it so that your coach doesn't have quite as much ability to win games yeah. and maybe like, you know, moving some veterans at the trade deadline, poaching players from other teams, practice squads, you know, just putting, putting maybe the team, not in the greatest position to succeed. So maybe that draft position goes in the right direction Well, still, obviously, directing your coaching staff and everyone to win football games and do everything they can to win. But I don't think we're there yet. This team should be trying to win football games clearly. And yeah, I I, even there's no guarantee. I guess what they're at two wins. I guess if they lost every game from here on out, you're probably in top two. I would think.
1: I would probably think you're yeah, but they're seventh right now, and it feels like we've lost every game. (laughs) Exactly. Like that. That's part of the problem too. Is there's so many bad teams in the NFL right now, and You know, some of them are going to play each other like uh, if we are really bad, that Panthers game and that upcoming Bears game like those are going to be really important moving forward. But um, I don't think Green Bay is going to play itself into the top two. I I think you're going to have games where their offensive line is going to be playing better than what they've been the past three games or whatever it is. And they'll probably win a couple of those. So. We might be in that no man's land again, which I know every everyone loves. Everyone loves to pick like thirteenth or or whatever we were at. So, Jeff Fisher, some
0: seven and ten BS <laughs> type seasons. Oh, I miss I, I'll take seven
1: and ten at this point.
0: Oh yeah, I'll yeah. do it. I need to heck up. <laughs> yeah. I need to heck up. Uh, maybe that'll be the next head coach. It's Jeff Fisher time, baby. Bring him back or bring him to Green Bay. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, last thing before we get out of here. We have to talk about your favorite player, my favorite player, everyone's favorite player, Dontavian Wicks. He gets 14 freaking snaps. How about we take seven of those Samari Toure snaps at least and hand those over to uh, our buddy Dontavian. He's probably going to get more playing time just by default if uh, Christian can't go for a week or two, but yeah. it is time. We need a lot more Dontavian Wicks. I love him. Every time he's on the field, he had an awesome block on an Aaron Jones run. He had obviously the big catch over the middle where then he makes a guy miss, gets upfield. field. He throws a freaking, not exactly a dime, but he makes the adjustment (laughs) on the play, throws a pass to Aaron Jones. Is there anything that Dontavian Wicks can't do justice besides maybe be left to tackle? I was going to say
1: woo woo the wide receiver coach into uh, playing him. I don't know. I don't know if he's like hanging out out by the uh, Gatorade jugs or what during the game. Wide receiver coach just can't pull him up. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, We had to stop doing this because we sounded like a broken record. But, like, the first what was it, three weeks of the season, we're like, this guy is getting open. He's not getting the ball. And then they started cutting into his playing time a little bit when Watson came back, which totally fine for Watson getting his playing time. I am not fully convinced that Romeo Dobbs and Jaden, you know, Reed are um, better than Wicks at this point. And I know Wicks dealt with a couple injuries in the preseason and stuff like that. That's August. We're. Two months, three months removed from that. At this point, so please get this guy some snaps. Um, I, I would enjoy it. every every week. We end up uh, rotating who like the we we have prop bets that go up at APC, and inevitably someone takes Dontavian Wicks over, and inevitably he does it off of one single target. And it's like, why isn't this guy getting the ball more? Lafleur gushed about him. I think it was today. Yep. Um, I'm getting everything blurred. I can't tell what the difference between Sundays and Mondays are anymore, full-blown season. But, yeah, LeFleur was like, yep, does everything perfect, blocks, does all the dirty work, runs through the good routes, catches the ball well. Why does he get on the field? I don't get it. I don't know. Why are we taking you- deep shots to Toure and then making contested catch throws to Dobbs? Like, that hasn't worked this season. Wicks has worked. I would like to see a little bit more of Wicks. How about you? How about you put the guy in the field that
0: knows how to get open, and you don't have to have contested catch plays. Like that seems. He's my second highest graded player for the offense this season, and he's got like no snaps. I believe it.
1: I believe. I mean, it. he's been arguably. If if you, I don't know how you like wait it for like snaps or anything like that, but like if it's not Aaron Jones, it's probably Wicks. Like that's who. I yeah, no. On too. a per
0: snap, it would easily be Wicks. I haven't I haven't actually calculated it, but I know it without even looking at it. It would easily. I, may, I guess you're right. Maybe Jones is in the conversation too. But, like, um, yeah, it's it, it can't even be close at this point. But it's literally just based on, you know, your plus your plus minus, like, through every single snap on the season. And he is my second highest graded player on offense, with ba- still, like, barely even playing. Um, Zach Tom is one. Freaking, all you need to know about this offense is by only playing one game, David Bakhtiari is still number five as my highest graded player on offense. And he only played one game and hasn't played since week one. And nobody's been able to freaking pass him because just everyone is so – dang inconsistent which is really sad and unfortunate but no i i need more wicks in my life and it needs to happen like now yeah it needs um, to happened like
1: three weeks ago Been been banging the drum on that didn't want to get you get you guys uh have your guys' ears bleed have it ringing uh with the with the sound of don'tavian wicks over and over but yeah i mean Big fan, let's get it done, please. For the love of the God. Packers
0: are undefeated in their history when Dontavian Wicks has the most snaps of any wide receiver on the roster. They are one and oh, because he played the most snaps against the Bears of any wide receiver that
1: day. So they're one and oh that is a big thing, you know, talking about the Watson injury, right? Like when when Watson was hurt, it was a pretty even split between him, Dobbs, and Reed. So yeah. if he if Watson's out, um expect to see Wicks get a you know a tick up. And Wix was getting a lot of targets where like weird stuff would just happen, like the play that like one Love on the quarterback throwback, uh, the double pass thing. Um, yep, did, did the splits or I guess it might have been a triple pass. I can't remember. Um, where he it's did the a split.
0: pitch, a pass, and I, pass. Yeah, I don't.
1: Re- <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, he he did the splits, and that play was designed for Wix. So like weird stuff would happen. Like I promise, if you keep Wicks on the field, like good things are gonna happen.
0: By the way, like almost every single trick play has been designed with Dontavian Wicks involved in some capacity. The the pitch play to go back to get to the ball, like ideally get the ball downfield to Dontavian Wicks. The flea flicker against the Falcons goes to Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks throwing a pass to Aaron Jones. They ran a reverse to him this week. Not that that's like a trick
1: play, but like, why is it so hard to get him the ball?
0: It's, it's not it, like yeah. teams
1: are game planning against it. There's no way teams are like this wide receiver with a hundred yards <laughs> through seven games is the guy that we need to cover. We have we to take him out. Now.
0: No, the the players that uh, Green Bay, like that opposing defensive coordinators need to take out of the game. Uh, Green Bay does it on their own and just doesn't give the yeah. ball to Wicks or Aaron Jones. So the defensive coordinator on the other side, doesn't have to lose any sleep over it. Green Bay will do it on their own volition. I joke, of course, mostly kind of somewhat justice. You are absolutely amazing. Thanks so much for doing this every
1: single week. Where can we find all of your incredible work? acmepackingcompany.com uh i will probably have something up later this week of all of the drops that uh romeo dobbs has had over the last two years oh Um, no because i'm tired of the strong hands narrative i really am um he doesn't have strong hands he in fact has pretty weak hands he drops a lot of balls so i want to correct that that was a really nice ball that jordan threw to him this
0: week and dobbs had the opportunity to go up and get it now he did he went up and got it on the 50 50 jump ball to uh you know, that was probably thrown better to Patrick Sertan than it was to Dobb. So he deserves credit for that. But then he misses the the other jump ball. And he also has the one where the touchdown ricocheted off his hands and went to Jaden Reed for the touchdown. Yeah, it's just a roller coaster for this team. And it's a lot more valleys than it is peaks. And I don't like it. Justice, you're amazing. You can follow him again on X or Twitter at J U M O S Q. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That will do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, Go Paco.